Are you ready for the word of the Lord today? It's exciting. In the word of God, so exciting today. Amen. I want, to, I want you to open, and this will be on the screen, to 1 John chapter 3. And I want, to, I want to go a little further than what we talked about last week. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? That's right. Say it, sister. I'm a child of God. Say that with me. I'm a child of God. Do you know, if, you, if we don't know who we are, we're, we're not going to live in the victory that we need to live in. You know, there's, I mentioned last week, and I just mentioned this in passing, there is an identity crisis in the nation. But I don't want to deal with that so much. But I, because I want, to, I want to bring it inside here. I think there's an identity crisis in the church. And we're going to talk about that today again. And let me get this situated here so it will cooperate. All right. I'm going to look at this verse here. And this, this identifies, there again, it's vitally important that we know who we are. When we say we're a child of God, and we're going to talk about two things today. I'm going to finish talking about entrance into the kingdom, entrance into the family, that is, entrance into the family of God. But I also want to end this today. I want to talk about enjoying the family of God. We need to enjoy the family of God. I enjoy this body. I enjoy this family. I enjoy seeing your face on Sunday. We need to have enjoyment in the family of God. Families can have fun together, can't they? You know, those times, you know, Christmas, Easter's, and just fellowship times and fun times and family reunion. You know what Sunday needs to be? Family reunion every single Sunday. How about it? Let's do that. Every Sunday is family reunion. Every Sunday is the time we're going to enjoy the worship, enjoy praying together, enjoy studying together. You know, as we get a little more space, Sunday morning we'll be able to come early. We'll be able to have those spaces to do some Sunday school and some fellowship, drink a little coffee, and just have a great time in, in worship and in proclaiming the Word of God. We need to enjoy the family. I'm going to talk about that this morning also. But this identity crisis, we need to get it out. Because we at Trinity Life Church, we're going we're gonna to know who we are. And there's, a, there's a few other messages I have, but I want to I key on this as the first message, really the second part of the first message, and that's this. I am a child of God. Listen, I'm not who my own, my own human, you know, sometimes people can get locked into things. You know, people that stopped drinking 20 years ago, some of these people still go to these AA meetings, well, I, and they go in and they say, I'm an alcoholic. No, you're not. No, you're changed. You're changed. You're not an alcoholic. Listen, now what I'm saying is this. We're not who the world says we were. You're not even who your insecurities say you are, but you're who God's word says you are. And I'm going to read you something that some of you is going to spring up. It's just so powerful. This is who God says that we are. First John chapter three and verse one. Behold, now here it is, behold what manner of love the Father's bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. That's what God calls us. The enemy might say, well, you, you know, some people, because they knew you in BC life, you know, before Christ, that's how they, that's how they pigeonhole you. 
You know, but listen, that's not who you are. You are changed if you know Jesus. Hear this verse. If anyone, anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Aren't you glad you washed today? Aren't you glad you cleansed today? Aren't you glad you are a child of God if you know Jesus? How many of you know Jesus? Shout amen. Listen, if you know Jesus, this is who you are. You are a child of the living God. And it says, therefore... The world does not know us. See, they try to pigeonhole us, but they don't know you. Don't let them them stamp you with their worldly stamp. Don't let them stamp you with something that the enemy would say that you are. Listen, you say, well, pastor, I've made mistakes, and I did do some of those things. Stop it. You're washed from that. Why are you going to go back and open that file? Jesus locked that file up with his blood. It's washed. That sin's broken over your life. Stop reliving it. Move on to your future in Jesus' name. You say, how do I know I have a future? Look at this. Because it did not know him. Verse verse 2. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it does not yet, it is not yet revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he, Jesus, is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. That means this, there's an incredible future for everyone who is a child of God. Now, last week we talked a little bit about entering the family of God. And that's what we're talking about. I'm a child of God. You're not born a child of God. You're not born. And I, now, and generally by creation, yeah, everyone's God's children, but not, that's not what we're talking about. We're not, we're not born as children of God in the sense of being redeemed and converted, but we're born lost. We talked about that that week. We were cut off from God. And that's why we need to share Jesus. You know, when you see someone sinning, don't be too hard on them. Why? Because we were just like that. Come on. Come on, so in some of the people that, that have had a hard time, they just got caught and we didn't. Come on, don't shout me down now. Come on. All right, come on. That's the truth, isn't it? Paul said he was the chief of sinners. And I'm not saying we should go back to that, but we should also have a, we should always have a humble spirit to remember that's where the Lord cut us out of. And what we want to do is throw a lifeline and we want to throw the, the life preserver out and we want to pull them in to Jesus and tell them that, listen, This is not bad news. This is good news. Come on, say good news. This is good. This is not bad news. This is good news to sinners that wherever they are, God can bring them out. and, And we've been redeemed and we say so. But what I'm telling you is this, that, that we weren't born as children of God, but something happened in our lives that we could now say confidently, I'm a child of God. You say, that's arrogant. No, it's a fact. That's who we are. That's who we are in spiritual reality. When the Lord looks down on the earth, he, the Bible says in 2 Timothy, he says in 2.19, he knows those who are his. He knows those who say they're his and not really his. And then he knows that are those that are really his. And I want to be really his. I want to be his child. So when we say we're children of God, that's a, reality. That's a spiritual reality. We know him. We're born again. Holy Ghost is inside here. Come on. The Spirit of God is inside of our heart. We are, we are the temples of the Holy Spirit, meaning that corporately the Spirit of God dwells in the church, but also as members of his body. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. I want more of his Spirit today. I want power just to flow in this church today. But something incredible happened. You say, what, what happened, Pastor? 
how we were born again is how everyone's born again. And that's this. The Spirit of God took the Word of God, applied it to the sinner, to the believing sinner, and a miracle took place. The greatest miracle the world has ever known took place, and that is a heart was changed. The prophets prophesied a bit about this. They said, I will take the heart of stone and I will turn it into a heart of flesh. And how many know that change is taking place in our lives? Now listen, I'm not saying we're perfect. There's nobody perfect. Certainly not the speaker. But I'm telling you, I want to be better, don't you? I want to be more like Jesus. And I know this, it's not going to happen with self-effort. Never accept. It's going to happen by faith and trusting in the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. It's all of grace. It's all of the grace and the power of God. We're trusting in Jesus. See, this is important. A lot of people get saved by grace through faith, and then they try to get sanctified by works. And that, that true? They get saved by grace through faith. Oh, they, they come and they say, Lord, I, nothing I bring, just as I am. The old Billy Graham the song they would sing, just as I am. And they come and say, Lord, I'm a sinner and save me. And God saves them. And then they get around religious people and they add rules to their lives and they, and they get on this treadmill. And then they were, they're not quite, but almost as miserable as they were before they got saved because now they're just religiously miserable. Can I tell you this? The way this New Testament works, the New Testament covenant work, the new covenant works, it's by grace through faith from beginning to end. We're saved by grace. We'll be sanctified grace. We can be healed by grace. We can have the provision of God by grace, and we do it as we trust the Lord. That's very important. Happy people are those that are walking in the grace of God. Come on, Amen. Something incredible happened. Spirit of God took the word of God and, and made us a child of God. Now look at this verse. Look at John chapter 1 verse 13. This will be on the screen. John chapter 1 verse 13. Here's what it says. Who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So that, that's, saying, that's saying this. Here's what it's saying. I'm going to move through some scriptures here and explain them to you and expound them and open them to you. And that's this. This verse, John 1 13, says... That, that a person is not born again through family connections, blood. Okay? People are not, you're not born again through religious acts, the will of the flesh. It says you're not saved by, or converted or saved by a good work someone else does on your behalf, the will of man. But salvation, being born again, brought into this wonderful family of God, the ability to say, I am a child of God, happened, and it comes only from God. Remember this? Jesus said, you must be born again. Born again. I met a, I met a man one time, actually it's on the golf course again. And this was years ago, and I met a man, and, and he began to talk about the Lord, and I began to talk about the Lord, and uh, I, I think I initiated, I don't really remember, but then the Lord anointed me, and I began to quote scriptures. And these scriptures just started flowing out of me, just like, like, like rivers, and that gentleman looked at me and said, you sure know a lot of scriptures. Are you a preacher? So, but this man had written a book against the born-again experience. Isn't it amazing how God can knit you together? And he wrote a book, and I, I looked on Amazon not long ago, and it's out of print, but he wrote a book called Born Again, Try Again. That was the book. And I forget the guy's name. You can go on Amazon, not in print, but you can find it. Born Again, Try Again. And he wrote that book. And I was telling, and I started quoting scripture, just flowing out of me. And I was just quoting the word of God to him. What I want to tell you is this. 
Born again means this, born from above. And listen, there's no religious act. There's no good word. There's nothing that a human being can do. Not even water baptism in itself, though that the water baptism is good and God wants us to do that. But only God, only God can impart heavenly life. Do you believe that? Only God can cause someone to be brought out of darkness into the marvelous light. You say, how does it happen? How do I get in God's family? Why don't you think about a word? Travail. How many mamas do we got in here? Okay, let me tell you mamas how I went. Now, I'm going to tell this from my perspective because I don't have your perspective. Okay, I'm sitting out in the waiting room when our kids are being born. How many know in all birth, there's travail. In physical birth, there is travail. Now, what happened is doctor came out and said, You've got, a, you've got a brand new daughter, and I'm out there in the waiting room, and I, look, I said, look what I did. <laughs> now, I can tell you this, Sister Childs didn't appreciate that at all, because she's the one doing the travail, right? Come on, ladies, amen? Yeah. All right. In physical birth, there's travail. One doctor said it this way. One doctor said, mothers go down in the valley so children can come in the world. That's a true statement, Yeah. But do you also realize this? Think about the word travail. In spiritual birth, there is also travail. You say, how did it happen? How, how could I say I'm a child of God? How does that all take place? I want to tell you this. 2,000 years ago, the God-man, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, lived on this earth. And he was born to the Virgin Mary. And he lived his life 33 and a half years or so. And then at the end of that, you know, we're in the Gospel of John. In the Gospel of John, it's concentrated in the last week, for the most part, the last week of Jesus' life. Why, why does the Gospel of John so focus so minutely on the last week of Jesus' life? Because that last week is so vitally important to the entire redemption history of mankind. And there in Jerusalem, outside of Jerusalem, Jesus stretched his arms out. And they put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. And there on the cross, he travails for the sins of the world. He travails for every person. His blood was shed for the whole world. And there on the cross, the Lamb of God hanging, giving his life for the whole world. Here's what Isaiah says in prophesying about that. He shall see the labor of his soul. It's prophecy about Jesus. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. You know, next week we'll take communion. Why do we take communion? Do this in remembrance of me. How about let's com covenant to be a church that we're not going to take up this new age gospel, this gospel that's not really the gospel. It's a gospel mixture with new age and mixed with human this and that. How about let's cling to the cross? How about let's remember the cross? How about let's like Paul, he said, I glory and save nothing but the cross of the Lord Jesus. He travailed. And there in John, I read last week, it said this, as Moses lifted up the serpent 314 as Moses lifted up in the, the serpent in the wilderness even so must the son of man be lifted up and then he said that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life be brought in the family 
For God so loved, say it with me, come on, you love this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Travail. That's how it came in the family. There was travail. Every mom, every mother that's brought children in the world has travailed. You were brought into the, into the spiritual realm. You were saved. You were born from above. Born again, Jesus said. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, he travailed there. He even started <coughs> before that. <coughs> on, on, in the garden, the heavy weight of the world began to come down, down, down upon Jesus. I mean, our, uh, grace is free, but it's not cheap. Somebody had to, you know, we've given things out here. One year we gave out backpacks to, to school kids. Remember that? We gave out backpacks to, to boys and girls. And we want to do more of this. We need to get back in our school systems. We, some of you used to go read to the boys and girls. Remember that? You would go read after school, did after school reading. You know how many children do not read on grade level? It would absolutely astound you. Our superintendent here in Mesquite, a I, I, uh, big, tall drink of water. Man, he's a tall guy. He's probably it, it is six, eight, or nine, or ten. You teachers that are here, you know that. He is tall, isn't he? How tall is that guy? He's a great guy. He, to, he told us that he thought God called him into the ministry. And he started pursuing the ministry. And then he realized as he sought the Lord, the Lord did not call him in the ministry. The Lord called him into education. He's a Baptist brother, or Methodist brother. When he spoke to us that day, I want to tell you, I felt the anointing. I felt the anointing on this man's words. This man has made an initiative uh, uh, to help kids read. Do you realize how valuable reading is? Wouldn't it be great if we could get back in the school system and, and, and do the after school reading with the kids? Do you love to read? I love to read. I've got books coming out my ears. And I just, I fell in love with reading years ago. Do you have a Kindle? Well, why not? I've got, an, I've got a Kindle Oasis, and you can take it everywhere. I've got your books with you. You can take it with you everywhere. And I, I, you know, mostly I read spiritual things, but every once in a while I read like a mystery because it just gets your mind going, you know, creative mind. And, uh, but the boys and girls reading on grade level, we need to help them, don't we? But we gave out those backpacks. And you say, well, they were free to someone, they were free to those families. But it wasn't cheap because you guys paid for them. I mean, we made us spend ten grand on that. I think it was twelve thousand dollars. We we raised twelve thousand dollars to give out backpacks to kids, and we did it down in the park down there. You say it was free? No, it wasn't. It was wasn't to you. Wasn't to me. We gave to that. Do you realize that our salvation comes through grace? It's a gift. You just reach out your hand and you take it by faith and you believe upon Jesus. But it wasn't cheap to him because he died on the cross that you and I could say, I'm a child of God because I believe upon the name of Jesus. Now quickly, I'm going to finish. I want to finish with this because this is really important. Uh, some people truly get saved and then they start wondering, am I really a Christian? You ever done that? We've all probably done that. Am I really a Christian? You know, I know that, that, you know, I, I, I failed the Lord. I made a mistake. I sinned against the word of God and maybe I'm not a Christian now. Well, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't work like that. Okay. It doesn't work like that. I believe that we can know that we're the children of the Lord. And I believe that we can have the assurance. And I believe personally there is security for a child of God. I mean, I mean, if, 
You know, the Lord works in us to will and to do his good pleasure. And you know what I find out? The Lord, if you won't give up, he won't give up. No matter how, listen to me today. Are you with me? Come on. No matter how much you struggle in your Christian life, if you'll just keep believing and keep running to Jesus, you may fall a thousand times. Just get up again and just cling to his garments and he will help you. He is your source of help. Can I know, you know, Pastor, you're, you're saying I'm a child of God, but do, how do I know I'm a child of God? You know, I say that verbally, but am I really a child of God? Is there, is there a way spiritually? I mean, I've talked, listen, saints, I've talked to people that they're like, you can't really know. Like, like, like their mindset was like, you know, you just kind of got to hope that when you die, you get there. Do you realize the most important thing in your life is your eternity? Everyone in this world is going to spend eternity somewhere. I don't want to leave it to chance. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you something right here. And I'm going to tell you, you can know because the word of God tells us how that we can know when we say, I'm a child of God. I'm part of God's family, knowing that it's the real deal. And I saw an article not long ago, and I read an article that there's thousands and thousands of golf clubs coming out of China that are fakes. They're absolutely fake. They look like the real thing, right? They, they even have the same name, but they're not. They didn't come from, from where they said they came from. It's a fraud. Somebody else made them, and they're not to spec, and they're, the, the, the metal is not as good. All the kick points and things in the club is not as good. It's wrong. It is an imitation. It is not real. And they found thousands of golf clubs and thousands of putters, and they realized they came, they're forgeries, and they're out of China. You know, when it comes to salvation, I don't want an imitation. I want a bona fide, born-again experience. And when I say, I am a child of God, that God smiles and says, yes, you are. Amen. So let me tell you how you can know this. Now, look at this. In the, there's, a, there's a book in the Bible. There's a, there's a little book in the Bible. There's a little epistle in the Bible that's designed to let God's people know the assurance and to give them assurance that when they say, I'm a child of God, this is the book that helps us do it. You know what it is? It's 1 John, the little book of 1 John. You know, John wrote five little books. He wrote St. John. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, or four books, and, and the Revelation. So he writes these little books, these, these books. Okay, now look at this. Here's, here's, uh, here's the kind of birthmarks or kind of identification marks that you can know that you're a child of God. Listen to what 1 John, and I'll give you the things in just a moment, but look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 11. Now, we can know we're saved today, and I'm going to land this in a moment. Now, I'm not landing yet. I'm still about, 10, about 1,000 feet above the airport. I can see the lights, though, and I can see the runway, but then we're going to get there. Just give me another moment because you've got to hear this. 1 John 5, 11 says this, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son is going to have life or has life. So we have it right now. See, when, when you say I'm a child of God and you got the bona fide experience and you're born again, you have the initial payment and you are born again. You have eternal life. Because what, I'll preach this later, eternal life is not just a duration of life. In other words, it's not just life for time and eternity. But eternal life is the, a type of life. It's the quality of life. It's God's life from the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Now, 
And this life is in the Son. Verse 12. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. These things have I written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Not that you get to the deathbed and go, well, you know, I'm, I really was a good person. I sure hope I make it in. No, but by the word of God, we can know that we have eternal life so that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. Do you realize that in the letter, quickly, in the letter, the little letter of 1 John, that seven different times he uses this term or equivalent, born again, born of God, born of God. And when you look at those seven times, you can really amalgamate it down to four identifying marks that someone is truly a child of God. Do you want them? What if I quit right now? Would you go home and it'd bother you all day, wouldn't it? Especially the melancholy, especially the note takers. They, they couldn't sleep tonight if I didn't give them this. They'd be up for two or three days. They'd be calling me, texting me, emailing me. Pastor, you left us hanging. Well, I'm not going to leave you hanging today. Here it is. Four things that identify us as children of God. Here's the, fir- here's the first thing. God's children practice righteousness and they don't sin. Now, I'm going I'm I'm to clarify this. They practice righteousness and they do not sin. Now, look at this. 1 John 2.29 Here's what the word says. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of God. So, so everyone who practices righteousness, this, ident- this, is one, this is one of the identifying marks. They practice righteousness. And that, that means, here's what it means. They're, now I don't, I don't want to add to scripture, but let me just paraphrase it in my, verb- my verbiage. They're, they're really making a sincere effort to, to, through the grace of God to obey the word of God. They, they want to, there's a desire in them and the Holy Spirit's put that desire that, that the fruit is they're practicing righteousness. And look at verse nine, whosoever has been born of God does not sin. Now that doesn't mean that they'll never sin ever again. But what it means is they don't sin like they used to sin. They don't live habitually and practice unrighteousness like they used to. Aren't you glad there's been a change? You know, the old song said, oh, what a change there has been since Jesus came into my life. Now look at this. For his seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Here's the first identifying mark. And that is true Christians practice righteousness. They don't live in sin. They don't live in disobedience to the word of God. That doesn't mean perfection. That's not what it means. But it's talking about seeking to live by the word of God sincerely with the help and the grace of God. Here's the second identifying mark. And that's found in 1 John 4, 7 in chapter 5, verse 1. And that is this. They love God and they love other believers. You know, there's people out there that absolutely hate Christians. They think the church is the problem in the nation. It's all those Christians, all those Bible-believing Christians. But do you realize what happens when you and I get saved? We fall in love with God. We fall in love with the things of God. I, listen, personal testimony. When I, when I got saved, well, let me just back up. Before I got saved, I was made to go to church, a certain kind of religious, very liturgical church. Hated every minute of it. Mark, you know what I'm talking about, brother. Hate every minute of it. They put a little robe on me and make me do I didn't want to be there. And when I got old enough, I checked out. And what I started doing on Sunday, I'd go ride motorcycles on Sunday. Every Sunday, after we'd ride motorcycles. And guess what? I got saved. 
And something happened. I could not wait to get to church. I could not wait for the pastor to say, open the Bible. I could not wait to hear the music. I couldn't wait to hear the choir sing. I couldn't, well, listen, I went to every meeting there was. If they would have let me go to the women's meeting, I would have gone to that. I'd try to show up to the board meeting. You know, hey, what's this kid doing here? Something happened in me. Why? I fell in love with God, but also fell in love with God's people. Love being around God's people. Listen to what the word of God says. Beloved, let us love one another. Love is of God. Everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. Look at chapter 5, verse 1. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loves him who begot also loves him who is begotten of him. We love God. We love God's people. We love the things of God, the word of God, the prayers of God, the Holy Spirit of God. That's, a, that, that's one of the identifying marks that we're changed, that we are children of God. Here's another one, chapter 5, verse 4. For whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. That's another identifying mark. We, we're overcoming the world. We're not being, and we live in the world. Yes, we live in the world. We have to conduct business in the world, but we're not of the world anymore. That, you, that needs to let you, you need to settle in. We're aliens and strangers here. This is not our home anymore. We're overcoming the world. I'm not going to let the world suck me in where I lose the love of God. I lose passion for God. I lose zeal for God. We're over, we can overcome the world. And we can live for God in this wicked present world we're in. We, we love the lost people, but we don't accept those principles. Come on. We love lost people. We're not their enemies. We're a friend to lost people. And we offer them the gospel of God's grace, but we are not going to participate in the sin. We're not going to let it dominate us. We're not a part of this world. We're part of the kingdom of God. Come on, amen. amen. If you're a child of God, you're overcoming the world. You're not compromising with the world. You're being changed. Your mind and your heart's been changed. You think differently. It's, you're up, it's upside down now from what it used to be. See, the world thinks exalting themselves is great. God's kingdom people say, no, I want to serve. I want to be the lowest one. See, they think pride is great. The kingdom says humility is great, right? It's different. Wow, we've been born in a new kingdom. You're overcoming the world. Here's, here's the last one, and that's we're overcoming the devil. 1 John 5, 18. We know whosoever is born of God does not sin, does not habitually sin. But he who has been born of God, notice, he who has been born of God keeps himself. But he who has born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one does not touch him. Now listen to me. This keeps him. You, you read all the Calvinist commentaries, and they're like, okay, Jesus does all the keeping. And then, you know, I don't think that's what it's saying, because you read two verses later, and it says, keep yourself from idols. Jesus is saying, you keep yourself from idols. Why would he say, what, so what he's saying, I think, I think Adam Clark, he was an old commentator in the think, 1700s. Wonderful commentary. Here's what he says about this verse. Keeps, and I quote, keeps himself, that is, keeps himself in the love of God. And then he says, just like Jude 21, by building himself up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, the wicked one, the devil, does not touch him. Because he finds nothing of his own nature in him that he can work on. Christ is dwelling in the believer's heart. So in other words, how do we keep ourselves? We're praying in the Holy Spirit. 
We're walking in faith. We're staying in the love of God. We're loving God. We're loving others. And there's nothing, when the enemy reaches in, there's nothing he can lay hold of. Listen, you say, how do I overcome temptation? When Satan knocks on the door, let Jesus answer. <laughs> oh, Jesus! He, Satan's going to be gone. Come on. When temptation comes to your heart, just let Jesus sit in your heart. Just let Jesus open the door. And send the devil away. Come on, amen. Let me just clarify this and we'll close. When God says here that Christians don't sin, the tense of the verse is they don't practice sin. They don't, they don't habitually live in sin. You know, God doesn't want us to sin. You understand that? He doesn't want us to sin. And what he's done is when we fail, there's provision. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us. From all unrighteousness. How do I know that I'm, when, I, when we say I'm a child of God, how many know it's a real deal? I've got these, I have these four identifying marks. We don't practice sin anymore. We don't practice, we practice righteousness. We're really seeking to sincerely live for the Lord, even though it's imperfect as it is. We really want to live for him. And, and we also love God. We love believers. You're here today. You know why? You love the Lord, but also you love this church, don't you? No, really, you love this church. I know you love this church. You love what we're doing here. You believe in what we're doing here. We're not, nobody's, no, you know, listen, you know, you get in those planes and they put that strap, you know, they strap your belt. No, you, there's no seat belts here. Anybody could come and go anytime they want. Nobody's forced to do anything around here, but we're here because we love God and we love this church. We love each other and we love our community. That's why we're building this building. We want to reach our community. We're overcoming this world. We're also overcoming the devil. And there's two additional ones. I'll just throw these in. I'll let you read these. There's the witness of the word of God. And there's a witness of the spirit of God. It says in 1 John 5, 9 through 13. You look at verse 13. These things have I written that you believe on the son of God. See, he's written these things. This is the message. It gives me assurance. Jesus is the Son of God. I believe what was written. I believe that when I believe on his name, I become a child of God. I don't believe, listen to me, I don't believe the Lord's bait and switching us. He's not playing bait and switch. He has given us a message. If you believe and trust Jesus as your Savior, he will save you. And you can say, I'm a child of God. Listen, no matter what sin you've been in, how long you've been there, you can say, I'm a child of God. And he can change your life. And then there's a witness of the Spirit of God. I close there. Tori, if you would come, please. Romans 8, 14 said, The Spirit bears with our spirit, bears witness with our spirit, that we are, we are the children of God. Think about this. I want you to think about it, saints. (laughs) When we say we're a child of God, it's the real deal. I'm a child of God. Are you practicing righteousness? Are you really trying to, you know, you come in here, you don't, I don't, you're certainly not wanting to come in here and let me entertain you by these words. You're coming to learn about Jesus so you can practice righteousness. You can live according to his word. Of course, it's it's the grace of God in us doing it. We're overcoming the devil, overcoming the world. We love God. We love his people. We have the witness of the word of God. We have the witness of the Spirit. I can tell you, I know that I'm a child of God. 
I have peace in my heart when I say that. The Spirit witnesses with me, Abba, Father. You know what that means? Father, Father. <laughs> That's what it means. Abba means Father. So it's basically Father, Father. You could go to, you could go to Greece and hear them say, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. Isn't it wonderful? And I want to pray for you. Because there are no, listen, there are no second class citizens in God's family. Okay, listen to me. This this is going to mess some of you up. God the Father loves you as much as he loves his own son, Jesus Christ. Go home and read St. John 17, the prayer of Jesus. He said, you love them with the love you love me with. That's hard for me to comprehend with my humanist. But I'm telling you what the word says. God the Father loves you as much as he loves his own son. You're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Some of you are struggling. You're, you're fearful. You're insecure about certain things. God says, don't be today. You can say, Abba, Father. Why? Because I'm a child of God. He's watching over us. He's guiding us and leading us to that glorious moment when we'll stand eternally in his presence. Let's pray. Father, how grateful we are this day for these amazing words in your scripture. Lord, they amaze us. You said in the text that we read beginning, behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Lord, I pray that all of us in this moment of time would just bask and behold the love of God that you died for us on the cross we're just amazed at that love as our heads are bowed saints just for a moment if you've never been saved and I, I presume most are saved in here maybe all but if you're not saved and want to be saved would you lift your hand up just say by doing that you're just saying I, I want to be saved Would you pray for me? Anyone across this room? You would just say, I'm not saved. And I want to be saved. I presume most are saved, probably all. But if you're not, you can be saved. Those that are watching over other venues, you can be saved. You can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. You can believe upon Jesus Christ and he will save you. I presume this morning, look at me one more moment. I'm going to conclude in prayer. We have a spaghetti dinner, and we're going to enjoy that, enjoy the good fellowship. I presume that a message like this, one of the reasons I've seen the Lord bring a message like this is to cause us to just realize what an amazing gift that we've been given in salvation, to be able to say, I'm a child of God. And the way the Lord uses that is this, gratitude And that gratitude will spill over because you'll leave this place and you'll think there's other people that have not had this privilege and they don't know the Lord and they're lost without God. And what's going to cause you to do? To tell people about Jesus. I felt that very strongly today. You're going to tell people this week. You're going to have an opportunity this week to share the love of Jesus. So don't be afraid and don't be weird about it. They don't need a sermon. They need a story. Don't give them a sermon. 
Well, our pastor said, let me give you my introduction. You know, they're looking at you like, you are really weird. An introduction? What are you talking about? Wait a second. I've got to give you my three points in a poem. No. Just tell them the Lord loves them. If they're having a struggle, tell them Jesus can help you with that drinking struggle. Jesus can say he loves you. And usually they go into the mode of, well, uh, you know, either, either they go into this mode, well, I'm, I'm a good person. Well, no one's a good person. Or they go in the mode, I'm too bad. You know, they usually go to those extremes. So let's pray. Father, we are so grateful today that we are your children. But we don't take it for granted. Well, there's no pride in that. There's no, there's no sinful pride in that. We don't feel better than anyone. I don't feel better than any person. But, Lord, what I I do feel is gratitude that you would save someone like me. And, Lord, it makes me want to share your love with others. And so, Lord, I pray across this room that there would be a spiritual awakening in our hearts. Lord, that we would have an evangelistic fervor. That even this week it would start. Revival would start with us just telling people about Jesus. Inviting people to church. Whoever they are, single mothers with their kids or those that have drink problem or drug problems or whatever. Maybe they don't have those issues, but everyone has a sin issue. And everyone needs to be saved because all have fallen short of the glory of God. So I want you to stand before, as I pray the last part of this prayer. Everyone standing. Lord God, I pray that you would do a work in us. Come on, just lift your hands up and just say, Lord, use me. Use me to take this message that pastors preach today. Use me to take the love of Jesus to my friends and coworkers. Use me, Lord, to go into the darkness and, 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 and shine the light of Jesus. And Lord, I'm thinking about that lady caught in adultery. And she was ashamed and they embarrassed her. And then they, all the accusers left. And then Jesus said, where are your accusers? And she said, no, they're all gone, Jesus. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. And then he said this, he who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And Lord, today there's people walking in darkness and they don't know how to get out of their darkness. But Lord, we want to show that we want to shine Jesus And we want to show them if they'll follow Jesus, he'll lead them out of the darkness of sin and bondage and fear. He'll lead them out of the bondage of 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 bondages of, of habits. And he'll lead them into the love and the light of his grace. And so, Lord, we ask you to use this church to be a soul winning entity. Use us, oh God. Use us, oh God. In the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. What are you today? You're a child of God. Hold your head high and tell people about your Savior.